This is Taylor Talk, the number one Taylor Swift podcast brought to you by taylortalk.org. Hey, hey guys, and welcome to episode 194 of Taylor Talk, the Taylor Swift podcast. My name is Adam. I'm Diane. And I'm Steve. And it's great talking to you guys today. Yeah. We have a fun-filled episode. Hopefully. We'll no, see. what do you mean? Ho- what is this hopefully thing? <laughs> and like 500 people stopped listening to the well, episode because of Diane's last words there. Yeah. Way to go, Diane. Yeah. You cut everyone off. Sorry. You got to build it up and make it sound like it's going to be awesome because it is going to be awesome. This is going to be the best episode that has ever happened in your life. Get ready. Yeah, see? No. Mm-mm. It's going to be good. Now It'll Steve good. is hesitant. Well, I don't, I don't want to say it's the best episode ever because then you have set the bar too high. You need to set the bar somewhere in the middle. Well, before we get going, I've got a message for all the story lovers out there. See what I did? Ooh. So this week's episode is going to be supported by Audible.com. Thank you so much to Audible for being a supporter of Taylor Talk. For a free audiobook, hang on a sec, I'm going to repeat that. For a free audiobook of your choice, go visit audible.com slash Taylor. Thank you, Audible, for supporting us. Boom. Yeah, so wow. the keyword being free there. Yes. Which is nice. So we will, of course, link to uh, audible.com slash Taylor in the show notes at taylortalk.org slash episode, whatever we're on, 194. <laughs> Sometimes it slips my sh- mind. Sh- short-term memory there. I think you just said it like a, a minute ago. So uh, It was probably less than a minute ago if we're being specific. <laughs> All right. So lots going on in the news this week in the Taylor news. Uh, the 1989 tour offered one of my personal favorite moments yet. Bringing out Nelly in St. Louis to perform Hot in Her, uh, <laughs> featuring Taylor Swift and Steve, fill me in on the pronunciation. It's Heim, Heim, right? Heim. 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 Featuring Taylor Swift and Heim as the backup vocalists and dancers. It was really cool. <laughs> um, then in Toronto, she brought out Keith Urban to sing his hit song, John Cougar, John Deer, and John 316, and also Somebody Like You. Then the next night, Charlie XCX came out to sing. Boom clap. So cool. Lots of good songs in there. I know. I feel like Taylor saves all the special guests for last in her tour. She's been doing a lot of special guests the entire tour, though. That's true. There have been a a huge number of special guests this tour. There's just been so many that we can't even keep track of them all. No. No. I'm sure somebody has kept track of it, though. So if anybody actually does know the official number of how many special guests she's had on the 1989 tour, tweet us. Let us know. Probably that. Augustine knows <laughs> from the Swift Agency. He probably knows. He knows everything. TheSwiftAgency.com. You know, back on the Speak Now tour, I actually kept a running list um, on what was at the time TaylorSwift13.org before Taylor Talk became the, the, the big thing. Um, and... It was a really popular, it was arguably the most popular page after the homepage. I'm pretty sure it was, if I remember correctly. But the reason it was so popular is because as part of that running list, I had a video of every single special guest, which we can't do anymore. Oh, because they don't uh... exist. You could do, like, video clips. Those exist on um, on um, Instagram. But what I've noticed is you can watch the special guest performance, like, the night that it happened, and then the next morning it'll be gone. That's what I've found on the YouTube. Yeah. Do you, well, do you know what's killing me? We actually, just on the Taylor Talk YouTube page, got a copyright notification thing for an iHeartRadio performance I filmed three years ago. Really? 
Yeah. Which song? I don't remember. Well, it was three years ago. Yeah, but it was kind of a pain annoying. in my butt. <laughs> now we got a strike against us. A YouTube <sighs> strike. Do they keep track of that? Apparently. No. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's keep going with the news. Grammy Pro has released a three-part video series featuring Taylor discussing the lead-up to 1989 with background information on the creation of Taylor Swift, Fearless, Speak Now, and Red before finally going into the making of several of the tracks off of 1989. The first two videos take you through Blank Space, Out of the Woods, and I Know Places. The third and final video will be released today, October 12th, the same day as this episode's release, and will take you behind the creation of Clean and Shake It Off. Uh, These videos are really interesting if you guys haven't watched them yet. I love the first one where she talks about the creation of her first four um, albums just because, I don't know, I, I felt like I learned a lot that I didn't know. And it was sort of like a mini, I don't, I don't, I don't know what to call it. See, tutorial. Yeah. Tutorial, behind. I guess like behind the scenes of like everything Taylor's ever done in one video. It's cool. It is cool. It's really cool. And of course those will be linked in, um, the show notes at taylortalk.org slash episode 194. See, I remembered at that time. Uh-huh. 194. The Diane works so hard on, so make sure you check them out. Yes. Oh yes. I should, I should, write a note to do that because steve always comes and talks and and makes a comment the next day oh you forgot to put that video in or you forgot to do well well, one of the things that i do is the day that we release the episode i go back and i listen to it because i feel that we can learn from it and become better but also if there's any little things that we fix we can you know make sure that we do that yeah it's good yeah yeah keep calling her out steve steve is the taylor talk police Maintains order. <laughs> Sometimes. <laughs> to whatever extent he can, of course. Mm-hmm. All right, also in the news, Taylor is being featured for the very first time on the cover of GQ for its November 2015 issue. Thus far, GQ has published the cover image and is planning on sharing the interview and more photos this week, so keep an eye out for those. Yeah, Taylor's- manly magazines. <laughs> Men. <laughs> manly. Manly. Manly magazine. Taylor's first time. I did learn today as I was researching GQ. Apparently, Gentleman's Quarterly is no longer their name. It is officially GQ. Do they think people aren't smart enough to figure out what G and Q stand for? They wouldn't know what quarterly means? The Gentleman's Quarterly. Or it's just an outdated concept, that whole, like, Gentleman magazine. I think the quarterly is probably where the... Yeah. Because it comes out monthly now instead of once a quarter, so... (laughs) Either way, it's called GQ now, and Taylor is on it for the very first time. It's one magazine she had not yet conquered. Yeah, one more to add to her list. And Um, I actually have a subscription to GQ, so I'm actually excited to see my next one come in the mail. Exciting. Um, What was I going to say about that? Do you think Taylor has, like, a stack of every magazine she's ever been on the cover of? Does she keep that? I would have a wall in my house for all of the covers and just cover the wall with them. That'd have to be a big wall. Or a room. Or mul- I mean, she has multiple houses, multiple walls. Yeah, but do you right. really want to have pictures of yourself all over your wall? I don't no. Know. Isn't that what most people have in their homes? Well, in the um, <laughs> Grammy... 
Well, they have pictures of themselves with other people. They don't have like a giant photo. It's not. Of it's not like at Adam's place. house where there's like a big picture of Adam like over the fireplace, yeah, like yeah, yeah, yeah. in some manly hey, pose. I don't there, have thinking. a fireplace, Steve. But if you did, if no, you did, you'd I have don't. a large portrait of yourself. My house is covered in pictures of my puppy. That's true. Oh, okay. Um, okay. What was I going to say? But at the Grammy Museum in L.A., there is a wall with a bunch of Taylor's uh, covers. And that's going away game. soon. It is. Like, really soon. Yeah. Like, I think this month type of soon. I don't know why they would have it leave, because it's such a That's a rotating a gallery where mm-hmm. her uh, exhibit is. Yeah, but what on earth could replace it that would get as much traffic? Nothing. Exactly. Nothing, nothing, nothing. In their best interest to keep it. <laughs> it is. All right. So, finally... Taylor was featured on the cover of NME, a British music journalism magazine. What does that stand for? It's, oh man, I looked it up earlier. It's something like new music. Entertainment. 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 Something like that. I don't know. Steve, can you Google that while I finish this uh, news piece? (laughs) Um, She gave a lengthy interview discussing everything from her 1989 tour. Special guest. uh, Her 1989 tour special guest to the life path she's chosen for herself. The quote, however, that has many of her fans up in arms came when she was discussing her future after the 1989 tour and said, I think I should take some time off. I think people might need a break from me. I'm going to, I don't know, hang out with my friends, write new music. Maybe not write new, maybe not write new music. I don't know. And then everybody gasped. Then everyone goes, dropped oh! their papers and cried and freaked out. Because Taylor said she might take a break. Mm. Steve, did you get it? Um, well, I know that they're part of Time Magazine. <laughs> oh, Steve, you're killing me. Um, it's not on, even I'll on their page. Find, I know it's not on their website. It's on yeah. Wikipedia. It's New Musical Express. Oh. Ooh. Interesting. Anyway, you can't trust everything you see on Wikipedia. Of course you can. All right. You cannot. <laughs> Um, so I, I just want to get your your guys' take on that. Like, I think I should take some time off. I think people might need a break from me. Um, I mean, is this like a strategic comment? Is this her playing humble? Or does she legitimately believe that people need a break from her? Well, earlier on in the article, the um, interviewer asked her about the trade-off between being able to walk outside and being able to perform. And Taylor said that, she loves being able to perform and sh- and she would not trade that for you know um for being able to yeah, walk she, outside yeah, and, and not get like and not get mobbed or anything and so i think because of that i think taylor's always going to find a way to perform so i don't think we should see this quote as her wanting to take time off as meaning that she's going to take like a year off or five years off or whatever i mean between tours and um albums she usually takes some time off where she just doesn't really do anything except hang out with her friends and chill and you know she she needs to take a break like she can't work 24 7 yeah i think this comment was blown way out of proportion like i think when she says i should take some time off um she's referring to like a couple months maybe up to a year at most i don't think she's like disappearing yeah um it's impossible for someone like Taylor Swift to disappear. And I I think, like I said, people are exaggerating this comment so, so much and taking it to a level it doesn't need to be at. But I think the magazine 
also did that too and wants people to do that because a quote like this from someone as big as Taylor Swift creates buzz. Like if Taylor says, I, I think I should take some time off, people freak out, um, especially if it's taken out of context. Um, yeah, I mean, we're talking about it right now. Yeah. <laughs> As opposed to just being context. like, hey, she did this interview. Go so check it out. This is what they want. And maybe this is what Taylor wants, too, because it creates buzz and it lets her know that, hey, my fans still care, care about me and they still want me here. Well, I think the sorry, were you going to say something, Steve? The only thing that's kind of strange about this whole situation is I've been trying to figure out in my head. Like, for instance, she released that um, list of songs that yeah. would make your life awesome on Twitter you look at all the special guests that she's been having. I have this weird feeling, and this is even before I saw this posted, that I'm like, what is, it feels like Taylor's trying to tell us something specific in here. You know, like trying to introduce us to other artists. Like, it almost seems like she's ready for whatever that next part of her life is. Creating her own label or something? uh, Something along like that. You know, being maybe more behind the scenes producing and that kind of thing. Um we're just kind of exposing us to new artists. So when she does decide to say, Hey, you know what? I'm going to put out my greatest hits and I'm not really going to do much here for a little bit. And we'll see when I get back into it later on, like she's almost preparing us for that. And then when I saw these comments coming out, I was like, where's this rooted from? And I started looking, I'm like, I don't know. Maybe the real question, Steve is, will her greatest hits album be sonically cohesive? Oh my God. <laughs> it can't be. Sorry, That's I kind of throwing that back to the Grammy video. Those Grammy videos, you could like make a drinking game out of this. Like every time Taylor Swift says sonically <laughs> you would take cohesive. Take a sip of Diet Coke, right? Take a sip of Diet Coke. Yeah. Yes. Well, one of the things that's funny about that, Adam, is I retweeted someone that was on my timeline there. They actually made signs at the most recent show that they were at that said sonically and any other signs said cohesive. I saw that. I think it's because of those Grammy videos. She was constantly saying that. But someone uh, should be that for um, Halloween, some sort of like (laughs) sonically cohesive costume and, 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 and wear that to Tampa. You'd have to be a clever music person, and your costumes would have to be music notes that go together or something like that. Um, But yeah, getting back to this quote, I thought the interesting part of the quote um, was the part where she said, I think people might need a break from me, because I think it comes at a very odd time where she is at the height of her career. And it's like, where do you go from here, though, Adam? Hey, that's what we all said with Red, and before that, that's what we all said with Speak Now. But but she she is. I mean, she switched from country to pop and became the biggest star in the entire world. Practically. Well, now she has to take over hip hop. She has to take <laughs> over rap. classic classical music. Like she could put out like a Mozart style. Like you know, how to break dance. Yeah. Well, well. See, here's the thing. Let's say that maybe Mozart was still alive. He'd probably make his version of 1989 like Ryan Adams did. Ha. Hmm. Ha. <laughs> Okay, but like it just to me anyway seems like an odd time in her career to make a comment like that. Uh, That's why I think this quote was very strategic. Um, You know, everything she does is for the benefit of her career and and things of that sort. And I wonder if she was kind of sticking a thermometer up her fan bases um, what under their tongue (laughs) what to see to. 
Okay, let me rephrase you that. You mean like a pulse check or something? Let me See rephrase that. Alive? Maybe she was sticking a thermometer under the tongue of her fan base to get a temperature reading of where her fan base is at and how they would respond to this comment They're before dead. deciding what her next they move died. is. They died. They're planning their yeah, funerals. But... <laughs> Taylor, Taylor is not that clueless that she would need to put something out like in a magazine like this to see. I mean, she has a lot of interaction with folks on Tumblr and everything else like that. She knows what is going on in the, in the fan community. There's, there's no doubt in my mind. I really believe that she's looking for whatever her next step is going to be musically. And maybe that's not on the front lines making music. Maybe it's something deeper in the industry as in starting your record label you know, working as a producer, you know, a lot of the people that she's worked with, um, one of the things I saw recently is Adele's new album. Uh, I think uh, Ryan Tedder's working with Adele and a couple other people, and people are saying that her album is going to be amazing. So, you know, I can see Taylor wanting to work on somebody else's project at some point in time. You know, and here's the thing with Taylor taking a break, and the reason I think she's testing the water, so to speak, is... In a sense, I can only I can kind of relate, but in another sense, can only imagine how it must feel to be her, where she's on the run, on the move, twenty four seven, just go 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 go, right? Mm-hmm. And working so hard, busting her butt for her fans, busting her butt to create new music, busting her butt to support friends in the industry, you know, in ways she can. She's just doing everything you know, not just for herself, but for everyone around her as well. And it's like, she has the weight of the world on her shoulders. And if I'm having a confessional moment here, um, there have been moments where I'm like, it might be time to hang up the, the Taylor talk robe and, you know, just kind of call it a day with the podcast because it's a lot of work. But then you start thinking about all the people that depend on, on getting this content, not necessarily depend on it for the benefit of their life, but even just for entertainment and, Um, things of that sort and it's very difficult because we don't have near the audience Taylor herself does but when you put it into perspective for a minute we get oh roughly like 50,000 people a week listening in right when you put Mm -hmm. it into perspective every single week we're speaking to a sold out Taylor Swift crowd no don't tell me this we're not I'm talking to no one yes there there's that's I can show you the stat sheet um it's not a secret (laughs) um But when you put it into perspective like that, you know, then it's like, wow, there's all these people. Like, what would happen to those people who are dedicating a small part of their lives to us as podcast hosts? And with Taylor, it's like that times 80 million bajillion. Because her audience is obviously much, 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 much bigger and dedicate much, much more of their lives to her than our audience does to us. Um, so just kind of bringing it full circle where I was going with that. Cause I know that was kind of a little spiel there that it's okay. went on, Bring it back. um, bringing it back. It's going back to that comment. I think I might, or people might need to take a break from me. That's why I think she's trying to test her audience a little bit and see what the response would be, because it's a very hard thing to step down from when you know, so many people are relying on you. Yeah, but th- at the end of the day, though, you have to do things that you are enjoying and you want to do. Exactly. And if you want to take the next step on something, you have to move on from what you're doing now. Yeah, because then it becomes whose life is yours really. 
Does your life belong to the fans, her fans, or does it belong to her? You know what I mean? Mm. Are you like, saying we should really... quit Taylor Talk? No, I'm talking about <laughs> I'm Taylor I'm saying you Swift should do here. Taylor Talk right, because podcast you love over. it. Let's hit no. the end button. Let's end the call. There's the last episode, guys. Hope no. you enjoyed it. Don't say such things. That's what I, I didn't. You did. No, I was talking about Taylor Swift. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, yeah, well, that's just my thought on it. Um, we should definitely link to that article in the show notes at uh, taylortalk.org slash episode 194. Uh, do you guys have any last thoughts on that article? I, I think that maybe this should be our little uh, question of the day for the comments on the page. Okay. So if you guys have okay. your opinion on what you think that that particular quote means, does it have some sort of meaning? What do you think? Do you think she is going to take a break? Do you think she's going to go into something different? Or do you think it was testing the water? So see how people reacted. Good question, Steve. Yes, let us know at taylortalk.org slash episode 194. 194. Yep. Yeah, buddy. Woo. All right, guys. So Taylor has donated 6,000 books to the Reading Public Library and 14,000 more to the Nashville Public Library. It's no secret that the ultimate storyteller has a passion for books. I'm super excited to announce Audible.com as the sponsor of this week's episode of Taylor Talk. Audible.com is a leading provider of audiobooks with more than 180,000 downloadable titles across all types of literature, including fiction, nonfiction, and periodicals. Like our podcast that you're listening to this very moment, audiobooks are great to listen to when you're driving, riding the bus to school, working out, or just anytime, really. For a free audiobook of your choice, visit audible.com slash Taylor. Personally, my recommendation is that you go check out Paper Towns by John Green. Not only is it one of my favorite stories ever, but John Green is one of Taylor's favorite authors too. Don't miss your chance to download Paper Towns or any other audiobook of your choice totally free, F-R-E-E, free, at audible.com slash Taylor. Again, that's audible.com slash Taylor. Thank you so much to Audible for being a great supporter of Taylor Talk. So, guys. So. 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 Since we had our message from Audible this episode, wouldn't it be fun to talk about the story of us? Oh. <laughs> see what I did there? I see I what, did you see what did you did there. See what I did there? I don't know if that'll work on any other episodes, but it worked on this one. <laughs> um <laughs> uh, but really, though, the Grammy videos actually had me wanting to take a look back at some of the old music, um, in particular songs from Speak Now, because like Diane had mentioned earlier, when Taylor was talking about the progression of her albums after Fearless, which was her first Grammy Award uh, winning album and songs and things of that sort, first time she won at the Grammys, um, you know, she had kind of some haters on her case uh, that she was talking about where they're like, Oh, how much contri- contribution did she actually mm-hmm. offer to the songwriting? And she's like, well, on the next one, I'm going to write it all myself then. Yeah, so she was trying to prove herself as a actual songwriter, which is great. But then she said one of her weaknesses was um, one of her weaknesses with Speak Now was that she didn't feel like it was very sonically cohesive. Because she had strings at one part and then she changed like, oh, let's have like a rock melody or whatever. And it just it just didn't flow, I guess, the way she wanted it to. Um, How dare it not be sonically cohesive? I know. I didn't know that was the goal, but apparently it is. 
vocab word of the year, sonically cohesive or vocab. <laughs> I'm waiting phrase. for someone to make a band name from that. That'd be great. Do it, Steve. The sonically cohesives. The sonic cohesions. Sonic cohesion. There's our band name. It's okay. the Taylor Talk band. Lead vocals, Steve. No, I don't know about that. Yeah. People will fall asleep. It'll be so boring and monotone. <laughs> well, we could have slow songs. We can have fast songs. We can have a variety. Uh, It'll be the story cohesion. of us. Yeah. Sonic cohesion. I like it. Let's do it. Done. Deal. It's happening. <laughs> we should get t-shirts. <laughs> One day. Mm-hmm. All right. Let's talk about the song then. Um, the song as a whole, I really, really uh, love the way it's built and structured as like love being a metaphor for of or using the metaphor of a storybook to describe a love story. Yeah, that is really cool. And I feel like that's so typical, like the way people think about love in their heads, especially young people, is they see it as like, OK, what happens first Two people meet, then they, um, you know, then they live um, happily um, ever after and. In this song, that's not what happens. Well, her songs do, in fact, tell stories. They all do, um, as well as her albums as a whole. They, they tell stories, and it's like this one just provides that extra visual element. I was actually just thinking, it just popped in my head how cool it would be um, to have, like, I know she already has a music video for this, but to have, like, one of those videos where it's like, you know, an open book and the pages become, like, 3D. I mean, that's kind Ooh. of how I saw it when I heard the song the first time because she says you know she sort of cues that she says um pages she says next chapter she says the end like it it uses like a lot of visuals sort of yeah visualization of the song I'm right. disappointed that there are no lyrics that said table of contents because darn it every book has a table of contents <laughs> they don't all Steve. Well, what about the foreword they put a foreword in a lot of books or too a preface or preface preface <laughs> all right well we can consider the first verse the uh forward steve how okay. about that for you sure all right first verse then i used to think one day we'd tell the story of us how we met in the sparks flew instantly people would say they're the lucky ones i used to know my place was spot next to you now i'm searching the room for an empty seat because lately i don't even know what page you're on um there's the first visual element you were talking about diane mm-hmm. i don't even know what page we're on which is funny because it's kind of like um what do they call those phrases i'm trying to blank on it what cliches a cliche i guess um because it's like okay let's all get on the same page here exactly you know and things like that and and she's sort of putting a twist on that and is like i don't even know what page you're on yeah like what part of the story are we at because i'm not there exactly it's as if um she can't be on the same page as him because she doesn't know what that page is yeah Mm. Um, now, the line up above, I used to know my place was a spot next to you. What spot do you think she's referring to? Just how she felt like before that they were a couple and they were together. And so if they were someplace at the same time, she would be next to him because that's what usually happened. And now when they're in this other location, which didn't she say she wrote this after seeing an accident award show? CMT awards. CMT awards. Yeah. 2010. So, there you go. Oh, so Steve. she's like, I should be, um, next to this guy, but I can't sit there because we're not together anymore. So now I'm looking for an empty seat. Well, I just think it's cool because, um, like Taylor quite often does, 
it's got uh, both a literal meaning and a more sort of abstract meaning. Yeah. Um, and literally, she she's saying, like, when we go to award shows, like, that's my seat next to yours. Um, and when you think in a more broad sense, it's in a relationship sense, it's like, you know, my spot is next to wherever you are. Right. Like that's- and, You know, and I think the reason for that is the seat next to... John Mayer, in this case, was Keith <laughs> Urban. So that's what it was. She wanted to sit next to Keith Urban. <laughs> was it? Was this John, a John Mayer song? This is a John Mayer song, yeah. Yep. supposedly this is a John Mayer it's song. It's not a Joe song. No, nope, nope, this yeah. is not. They no. all blend together. <laughs> that's nice, Adam. Yeah. Um, but I do want to talk about the second and third line when she says, how we met in the Sparks flew instantly. People would say they're the lucky ones. I'm inferring that she means... They're the lucky couple who did not have any problems. Who do not what? Who just don't have problems. Who are just like, oh, they met, they fell in love, it's all wonderful, they are the lucky ones. But I feel like that line is kind of naive because... That doesn't exist? That doesn't exist. What couple is like that? So I just feel like this, especially the first three lines, tell us that a very young Taylor Swift wrote this. Yeah, but people say that kind of stuff all the time, though, too. Well, at least I think so. You know, oh, look at them. They're the lucky ones how things worked out and everything like that. Yeah, but that's because they don't know their story or they don't well, know. Well, and, and that's on the surface. That's right. that's really, I think, I don't think it's as much as her being naive as much as it's on the surface to have everything look good. But what I love about that line is we get a shout out to a future song. <laughs> And then the line before, of course, we got where it says fly. sparks flues, which, you know, sparks fly. So. I know. Wow. So now eventually she's going to have a song called um, Empty Seat. And Maybe. Spot next to you. Well, my actually, place. no, my place could be <laughs> I know places. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Every future Taylor Swift song will be taken is, from lyrics in the story of buried in old songs. Yes. <laughs> Specifically this one. Uh, but do you guys think there is a connection between they're the lucky ones and the story in the lucky one? No, I just feel like that's a that's just a phrase that she uses in her head, and therefore it comes up in her songs. Mm-hmm. Probably, mm-hmm. I agree. All right, so next little part. Oh, a simple complication. Miscommunications lead to fallout. So many things that I wish you knew. So many walls that I can't break through. Cool little section. Um. Now, I'm going to say this ahead of time before we get in because there's going to be lots of examples. But it's really interesting how much of this song sort of attributes the failed relationship to communication issues. Mm -hmm. Um, So she has starting here, besides the obvious where it says miscommunications lead to fallout. um, You've got the so many things that I wish you knew. So it's, it's bringing up these things that are unsaid. And for some reason, they can't be said, and I don't really get why, necessarily. Oh, but... she doesn't explain why, and I don't think it really matters why. But either way, so many things that I wish you knew. Um, just those things left un- unsaid, and then so many walls that I can't break through. It's I think that is that could be the why, possibly. You've got these emotional barriers in place. Um you know, things you put in place to kind of protect yourself mentally, sort of like back in the day, you know, old school Taylor that hid from the media and didn't read about herself. Yeah, and sometimes I feel like when people get in a 
relationship, they have a hard time being um, being themselves with a person that they're supposed to love. Like they just they just feel like they can't one hundred percent tell them all the things that they need to, and they just have a hard time. I don't really know how to describe it. Just like at first you're just sort of not really sure trying to feel things out. So you don't really tell them all of the things that you should tell them. And that could lead to problems. Does that make sense? Yeah. Kind of. Kind of. Maybe. Maybe it's just me. (laughs) Maybe I'm just a closed person. I don't know. But some people are like that. Steve? I'm going to throw out some English here. I hope I'm correct on this, so any of the teachers can please correct me, but I tried to research this ahead of time so I would say the right thing. (laughs) But I like the paradox that's in this song. And there's actually multiple examples of that. You're right. Explain, Steve. The first one I'm talking about is the first line, a simple complication. Simple complication are two words that really are talking about something totally different. You know, how can something that's complicated be simple? Exactly. Is that paradox? I yeah, that's no, you're, okay. you're right. Contradicting it's, concepts. It's an in, it's an interesting juxtaposition. That's another word. Words I was going to use that other. word. Yeah. You stole it. <laughs> that's because I taught it to you. <laughs> no, you didn't. The dictionary did. Yeah, because there are two words that are right next to each other that's just don't have they just they def they mean they mean completely um things that are um opposite and yet they're right next to each other so it's just crazy what that does to the song and the meaning well steve since yes. you identified it what do you well, think well hang on before you? before i take credit for all of this there Uh-oh. was there, there was was a huffington post article that we will link in the show notes that actually talks about learning literary terms with taylor swift and actually goes here. through different songs and the different types of uh, literary terms and, and songs that, that goes with. But this Can particular one that I just pointed out, though, was all me. Nice So if one. it's not Paradox, I'm sorry, but I thought it is. So You're, um, you're right, Steve. You're right. Is it? Okay. Well, I'm trying to think if it is or isn't because Paradox, I always think of Paradox as – um, you know, in Back to the Future, like the whole thing, like you can't go back in time to kill your father because if you kill your father, you would never be born. And if you were never born, you couldn't go back in time to kill your father. Right, because those things um, are incompatible and just like putting the words simple and complication right next to each other are incompatible because they're incompatible ideas. You can't put them together because they're opposites. Well, well let me give you the definition so then that way there's any clarification that needs there um a situation or statement that seems to contradict itself but on closer inspection does not Mm. Hmm. yeah well putting aside any literary terms then steve um having examples throughout the song like simple complication what do you think it does to the meaning then Uh, if anything it, it kind of uh shows the complication of the communication problems that they have. Makes everything more complicated. See, this is genius. Mm, Sometimes. No, this is really good. I never thought of that. (laughs) And that also makes sense, too, because I always thought it was kind of weird that this song was such a fast-paced breakup song. Like, usually songs that are about people who were having problems are not fast-paced like this. So that... um, the sound um, in itself is another, you know, um, p- uh, another um, paradox, I guess, too, because the words, they're sad and they don't really fit with a beat. 
sound of the song. Well, the sound I want to get to a little bit later because there's certain lyrics I have that I, I think evoke the same emotion as, as this music. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, but if I mean, if we're done with that little verse, we can jump into the chorus. Um, now I'm standing alone in a crowded room and we're not speaking. And I'm dying to know, is it killing you like it's killing me? Yeah. I don't know what to say since the twist of fate when it all broke down and the story of us looks a lot like a tragedy now. Um, I mean, first thing I noticed with the chorus is the first line. Now I'm standing alone in a crowded room and we're not speaking because I feel like that is the core of the song. That is like the moment that all these other situations are surrounding mm-hmm. and sort of leading to and pointing to. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's both like the core of the song and probably, um, you know, at the CMT Awards, which was the secret message of the song, Diane, just so you know. CMT oh, okay. Awards. That's what I thought. Um, you know, that is also the actual event that inspired the song. Yes. And that's another paradox with being alone and yet also being in a crowded room, because sometimes you can be with tons of people and yet feel very alone. Mm-hmm. I feel like that all the time. Well, that was going to be my next point. Um, what does standing in alone, standing alone in a crowded room imply? Like, what uh, feeling does that evoke? What emotion does it evoke? What does it make you think about? I mean, sometimes I don't know if you guys are like this, but sometimes I have the tendency to feel more alone in a crowded place than when I'm actually alone, because I'm very comfortable alone if that makes sense or if that sounds sad Uh, (laughs) Um, but sometimes like when I'm with a lot of people and I'm not really sure what to do just like Taylor wasn't sure what to do here it's it's just it's just this awkward feeling where you're not sure what to do with yourself and then you're not even sure I guess what kind of person you want to be in that moment you're just like what am I supposed to do you know well I think standing alone in a crowded room is loneliness it's mm-hmm. describing loneliness um, because she's obviously not literally alone. If anyone's seen her at an award show, she's constantly surrounded by people and talking to people. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, but like Diane said, it, it you know it feels like you're alone, and it's it's very lonely. And sometimes you don't realize how alone you are until you're with people. True. Mm-hmm. it's that's also a, that's, i guess a a good lo- point. what did you say steve <laughs> i'm with diane on that that one that makes a lot of sense yeah well i was gonna just say it's alone emotionally yeah like mm-hmm. you could be talking to people and not even paying attention to the conversation you're in the middle of yeah you're just True. in that like fake smile how are you nice to see you <laughs> it just doesn't mean anything how you been <laughs> yeah so i'm dying to know is it killing you like it's killing me what do you guys think of the word killing there? It's violent. violent. And she's dying to know. It's like right. killing you. That, that's great how the, I'm not sure which literary term that is because those ones are the same. <laughs> like dying and killing. Synonyms? Yeah. Um, a repetition of the same concept? I think something like that. We'll go with that, Diane. <laughs> I, I just made that up. That's what part of being an um, English teacher is. You just make stuff up. Um, but yeah, that's that's a good one. That is all English teacher is, <laughs> is making stuff up. Uh, but no, it, it's to me the killing thing is sort of like killing you inside. It's where the I guess frantic type of feeling comes from, 
and that's kind of where I was going, Diane, with the sound when I said I wanted to talk about the sound of it later. I feel like this song sounds very frantic in a lot of places. Okay. And that's Mm -hmm. why it's going fast is because it's not necessarily meant to be sad. It's meant to be like, wait, what's going on here? Like, my spot was next to you. Hang on. Wait. I I wish you knew. So many things I wish you knew. Wait. This is killing me. You should do a very cool, like, spoken word poetry for this. Yes, that would be neat. Yeah, be cool. and, and I think, Adam, to go along with that, part of what was done in the music video, you watch a lot of times that Taylor is trying to straighten and fix her hair like it's all like crazy and she's trying to get it all straightened out. And it's and then two seconds later, she like moves her hands through her hair and gets it all crazy again. Well, we'll get to that, Steve, because okay. if we keep moving on, I mean, first off, there's it says, you know, after this verse or after the chorus, next chapter. So there's that visual element of the storybook again and a progression of the story as well. Um, You know, and it says, how do we end up this way? See me nervously pulling at my clothes and trying to look busy. Um, So I think, Steve, what you're describing is probably the visual creation of that in the music video, that particular Mm -hmm. line. Because I don't know about you guys, but that line makes me feel antsy when I hear it. I'm just like, ah. Nervously pulling at my clothes and trying to look busy. Yes. Yeah. Or like... Trying to text someone that you're not really actually texting, but just trying to look busy, like you're on your phone talking to somebody. And mm. I'm too cool for you. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, but I mean, does that? Am I crazy, or does that line make you guys feel a little bit like ah? Well, just me. Yeah, no, you're right. Just me. You're right. Okay, I got it. Thanks. Thanks for the support, guys. Appreciate it. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> I'm sorry. I, I was I was nervously pulling at my clothes when we were talking about that. Line. Oh, funny, Steve. He's trying to look busy. Yeah, well, he can't look busy. It's an audio podcast. He's trying to oh. sound busy. I, I'm going to sound busy. <laughs> Just start clicking on your keyboard there. And go, oh, I, I do that sometimes. <laughs> and you're doing your best to avoid me. I'm starting to think one day I'll tell the story of us, how I was losing my mind when I saw you here, but you held your pride like you should have held me. Oh. Oh. Hmm. So, I mean, a little bit of progression in the story, right? Like, now she's all of a sudden, you know, I'm starting to think one day I'll tell the story of us. I was losing Which is interesting it's... because in this song, she is telling the story of us. Right. That's cool. It's happening in real time. That's pretty Whoa. cool. <laughs> um, yeah, interesting way she said that. Um, but then she does go into the the part, oh, I'm scared to see the ending. Why are we pretending this is nothing? I tell you I miss you, but I don't know how. And then my favorite line ever. My favorite Taylor Swift line. I've never heard silence quite this loud. Paradox. She sings loud, too. It um, just sounds so cool. It, it does. But before we get to that, let's let's kind of go in. Order. Order, yeah. So I'm scared to see the ending. Um, I feel like this is the moment we realize there isn't a happy ending here. It's kind of like foreshadowing, in a sense. Mm-hmm. Like we... See the end of the story coming where up until this point, you know, you don't necessarily know. You kind of get a feeling from her. But yeah. like they're in the same room. So there could potentially be a twist in the story where they do end up back together. And this is the part where it's like, I'm scared to see the ending. You start to see that it's, it's not, not going to have that happy ending. Mm-hmm. Um, and then why are we pretending this is nothing? I always think it's interesting when people ask that because obviously from what we know about Taylor in this song – it was something to her, but she was trying to pretend like she was fine, I guess, to save face or to be prideful or whatever. And this guy, who knows how he was feeling, but he quite possibly could have been feeling the same way. So they're just, I guess, 
pretending that it doesn't matter even though it does so that's another example of miscommunication mm-hmm. just, they just can't communicate yeah. and and isn't that really pretty much every movie like yeah. the classic movie the girl and the boy meet and they you know don't like each other first but then all of a sudden they like fall in love and then there's some sort of something that some miscommunication that breaks them apart and then you know the third act rolls around and then they try to get back together and they, <laughs> yep, everything every movie that's that's you know and that's the story of us you know that's kind of how a lot of the stories go except unfortunately this one may not end up as good oh but so still let's... it could work out it could still work out no not anymore um <laughs> let's talk about that really cool line. I've never heard silence quite this loud. What is silence quite this loud? What what is that? How can you how can you hear silence? I guess it's just that maybe it's just like that panicked moment when okay, so let's imagine Taylor walked in and saw this guy who we assume is John Mayer and she just sort of froze and she had that panicked moment where she was like, "Oh my god, there he is." What am I supposed to do? Where it's almost like time stops and it's this incredibly intense moment. So maybe when she says silence quite this loud, when when she says loud, she doesn't actually mean like noise loud, but just an intense moment, a loud moment, I guess. Does that make sense? No, it does. Um, But it's just interesting because just what it puts in my mind is like silence screaming. And it's I'm trying to think of how to like silent panic. No, it's like, hmm. Uh, I'll give you my version in the meantime. Yeah. Okay. That'd be good. So, so if if we're going to be a little bit more literal about it, though, the when I think of silence, like, if something is completely quiet, do you notice that even though it is silent, you still hear things? And everything that you hear is amplified. So if something falls on the floor or something like that, that sound in a noisier environment, you wouldn't even probably notice it. But with okay. it, when it's silent and you hear anything, it's so much louder than it was before. So that's guess, kind of what I see. Yeah, that makes sense, Steve. So maybe just the silence would be the fact that they're not talking, but everything else seems so loud because the rest of the people there are being friendly or talking or just doing whatever that seems so casual. But their communication between Taylor and this guy is so silent. Well, you know what else is um, the whole actions speak louder than words. Mm. And in this case, the silence is an action. It's not a noise level in, in my mind. Anyway, it's an action. The action of silence is speaking a whole lot louder than words ever could. Mm-hmm. That's kind of yeah. where I was going. Um, and then as far as what I picture in my mind, have you guys ever seen the article on the quietest room in the world? No. It's really interesting. I would love to record in there one time. Uh, it sounds <laughs> scary. It is a room that is completely and entirely soundproofed. Whoa. Like, there is no sound in this room. But you would um, have to go in. The, you, you could talk in there. It's not like everything would become mute. I, I'm not exactly sure how it works, but it wouldn't be possible. from what I understand, it is so creepy and eerily quiet eerily 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 quiet that people can't spend more than a few minutes in there because they start to go crazy where is it Mm -hmm. 
I forgot. I mean, we can look it up really quick if you really want. Is this some sort um, of like solitary confinement in a prison or something? No, it's like it's built almost like a studio with soundproofing and stuff like that. What hmm. sort of maniac would build this? Um, here it is. So the longest that anyone has survived in the anechoic, I can't, I don't even know how to pronounce it. Must that. be a word to having to do a sound. Anechoic chamber at Orfield Laboratories in South Minneapolis is just 45 minutes. It's 99.99% sound absorbent and holds the Guinness World Record for the world's quietest place. But stay there too long and you may start hallucinating. That's so scary. Whoa. So it's in Minneapolis. Yeah. Minnesota. Minnesota. Exactly. Um, that's almost for some reason. That's what it reminds me of. Just sort of like a creepy silence, an eerie silence. Right. I'm gonna look up that room later. It's just so weird. Of course you are. I am. <laughs> All right. So then it repeats the chorus, and then goes into this is looking like a contest of who can act like they care less. But I liked it better when you were on my side. The battle's in your hands now, but I would lay my armor down. If you said you'd rather love than fight. So many things that you wished I knew, um, but the story of us might be ending soon. So why is it that why Taylor is what, what? says that I would lay my armor da- down if only you'd, no, if only you said you'd rather love than fight. So she's waiting for this guy to make the move. She's not going to say anything. Right. Um. Terrible. <sighs> Well, first, let's talk about what the armor is. And in my opinion, it's an emotional shield. It's yeah. it's the mm-hmm. barrier that she's put up that we were talking about earlier. So then your question is, why, why... is she putting it on this guy? How come she can't perhaps? Take her, her well, armor down? hang on. So if she has the armor up, then perhaps she was the first one to be attacked, and therefore it is the attacker that which has to would come. explain, dear John, a lot. <laughs> <laughs> If we look at these songs together, that would explain a lot. Now Diane gets it. Yes. But um, but I think it also comes down to with the with the armor piece, some people cannot put their armor down unless they know it's safe. That's just how they exist in relationships and it's may not be, you know, it, it's sad because in some cases a relationship could have continued on or got back together had that person not been scared to be hurt emotionally, but that's what they're using to, you know, they want to protect themselves emotionally here. And if the other person doesn't say, Hey, you know what, actually I'm sorry. And you know, then all of a sudden everything's good. But I, I think that no matter what, she's going to keep her armor up here. And, and if he doesn't make the move, it's over. I think you're right. <clears throat> Did you also notice in this verse the little change here where it says so many things you wished I knew, where earlier so many things I wish you knew? Ooh. Oh, I didn't notice that. Um, so it's now switched to the things he left unsaid instead of the things she left unsaid. Um, and then it says, but the story of us might be ending soon. So it's got this timeline. Time yeah. It's like either this happens quick or it doesn't happen at all. Mm-hmm. Um so it's just interesting that, you know, there are things she wishes she said, so many things, at least she's assuming, he wishes he said, um, which leads to the question, would better communication have changed this whole tragedy? I think better communication changes everything for the better. Yes. 
There's no way that it couldn't. Lies never work out well. <laughs> That's all I have to say about that. <laughs> okay, Forrest. <laughs> but, but but a lot of that comes down to she's trying not to get hurt, but by going back and forth with, oh my gosh, does, does he care about me or doesn't he or what's the situation, you can actually get hurt a lot worse than if you would just go out and say, hey, you know what? I, I, are we good? Are we not good? What's the status here? And then if however they respond and then move on rather than letting it kind of build up and fester and just eventually you just have to get out of there. That is why you should speak now, Steve. Ooh. I don't think you should wait. I think you should speak no, now. No, but it, it, it makes sense because if – I mean I'm not telling Taylor what she should have done because it, it doesn't matter now. But, I mean, if a person is in a spot like this, they could decide to tell the person that they're having a problem with, like, hey, I'm sorry, or just explain themselves in some way. And at least they know then that they did their part. They they did their part. And if the, uh, the other person chooses then just to be closed off and just, you know, rude and whatever, like, that's their own fault. But at least you did what you were supposed to. I, 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 you bring, are you bringing the pirates thing back? Did it ever go away? Oh uh, yeah. Arg mateys, it never went away. <laughs> <laughs> ah, okay. <laughs> Let's talk about that final chorus for a minute. Um, not the whole thing. Cause the chorus for the most part repeats itself, but something significant about this chorus is every chorus ends with, and the story of us looks a lot like a tragedy now. But then it goes, the end. And using Diane's million-dollar word from, from earlier, I think the juxtaposition of these two <laughs> lines mm. um, completely alters the meaning of this particular use of the exact same words. So earlier in the song, the first few choruses, you have, and the story of us looks a lot like a tragedy now, and it's saying just what it literally means and the story of us is starting to look like a tragedy like it it looks like a tragedy right mm-hmm. um but i think by placing that last line next to and the story of us looks like a, a lot like a tragedy now and placing the end it completely changes the meaning of the exact same words to now a different perspective where you're now looking back at it and it absolutely 100% looks like a tragedy now well and it's also just like the last chapter of their story they met at this um award ceremony they didn't talk to each other it was awkward and that was it nothing else happened so that was the end of their story it's just it it's um it's a very final way to end a song well i think the placement it's just really interesting that she can use the placement of the two words to completely change the meaning of a line that she's used throughout the song Mm-hmm. Not completely change it, but still change it, um, change the meaning of it. Well, and it, nonetheless. it's and it's also hard too. Like if they had communication problems, and they never really broke up, it just looked like a tragedy. It sort of just went out slowly, like it just slowly ended. You wouldn't get that final like it's over. But in this song, she goes the end. Okay, that was it. This was the moment. That she knew that it was over. Well, let's talk about that line, too, since we talked about what it does uh, to that line right before it. Let's talk about that line itself, the end. Um, I think you're right. I think it finalizes the story. That's one. 
Two, I think it provides the bookend because we have this whole storybook visual going on throughout the story. And then three, I also think it's her personal closure. Like it's her closure on the relationship knowing it's absolutely over now and it's time to move on. Yeah. Like it's incredible that two words can mean so much. Mm -hmm. Steve, you still with us? Yeah, I'm still with it. I was just I was just curious, thinking in my head what it would sound like if the end of it instead of saying the end would say to be continued. Well, it'd be <laughs> like, and kinda how that changes the meaning to? of the song. Yeah, what happens next? Whereas the end it's it's final, it's over. Boom, there's done. There's not gonna be anything else. There's there's gonna be no sequels, there's gonna be no prequels, that's the end of it. <laughs> well, you don't know about prequels, but that's maybe true. no sequels. Um so do you guys have any last thoughts on the story of us before we move on? Should we rate it? Yeah, but I was asking if you have any last thoughts on the that, story of us. That would be my last thought, the rating. All right, so, Diane, if you had to rank the story of us on a scale of 1 to 13, where 1 is absolutely atrocious and 13 is knocking it out of the ballpark awesome, how would you rank the story of us? I would... <laughs> I would give it a 12. How dare you? Only because I don't... It's it. It's a good song. It does what it's supposed to, but... I save my 13s for songs that are my favorite. Mm. I'm not like you where I just give everything a 13 because that's too complicated. Steve? I also go with a 12 on this one. I know when I listened to Speak Now, this was one of my favorite songs on there. Um, it's a very upbeat, fast sort of song, and I like that kind of stuff, so that that's good. But I don't listen to it nearly as much as I used to, so I, that's why I kind of knocked off that one point. So 12 13. Of course. Do you remember the days when Adam used to actually give ratings? Yeah, but th- this this is kind of its own thing now with the whole he gives 13s on everything. Yeah, but you know why for... I give them all 13s. Adam's not allowed to rate anymore. I am allowed to rate. There's those two songs that he doesn't he's give 13s. He's undermining this whole segment of rating No, it's, no it's he's not. Because <laughs> every song Taylor writes why is a 13. Why are you speaking about yourself in third person? Why not? Hmm. Adam can do what Adam wants. Simple complications. Hmm. All right, guys. So hope you enjoyed our conversation on the story of us. Um, You know, definitely let us know your own opinions and things like that. You know how to reach us. Uh, Moving on. You know you're a Swifty when, and if Swifties ruled the world. Steve, if you wouldn't mind, can you read us our first submission of the episode? Okay. Uh, You know you're a Swifty when you listen to 13 episodes of Taylor Talk to get ready to see Taylor Swift in Toronto tonight. And that was from Ryan via email. Now, obviously, the Toronto shows have been passed, so it was tonight was whenever day that was. But hope you had a good time at the shows, Ryan. I wonder if he saw Keith Urban or Charlie XCX. Or maybe I both. I don't know. I don't know. Am I getting the shows right? Is, is that I got to scroll back no, up to right. our notes on the news? Yeah. Is that right? You're right. Is that right? Okay, that was Toronto. Woo! Ooh. I could have sounded dumb there. So, Ryan, if you want to send us another email and let us know if you got to see special guests and which ones they were, we'd appreciate that. Yeah. All right. This next one comes from Isabella via email. And she says, you know you're Swifty when you have memorized the explanations and the voice memos and you can repeat exactly what Taylor said. Boom. Nice. <laughs> That's cool. <laughs> um, next one. Marvelous Swift tweeted us and said, if Swifties ruled the world... Nobody would be forced to go to school on album release days, and using eco-unfriendly sprays would be illegal? What does eco-unfriendly sprays have to do with... I don't know, but I left it in in, in this individual submission because I think it's very important. 
Yes, yes, it, it is. It came with the submission. I you, swear, well, I didn't add it in there. I just left it in there. I agree with you about the eco-unfriendly sprays. I only use good sprays. Yay. I'm very conscious about that. Yes. Okay, the next one comes from uh, Twitter from Evan Holmquist. If Swifties ruled the world, we would send the media to an island in the middle of nowhere so we wouldn't have to see any of their nonsense (laughs) articles. I don't know whether to take offense to that or to keep laughing at it because aren't we technically members of the media? We are good media, We're the good media. He's he's referring to the evil media. Oh, oh, we're the kind that has truth in reporting. Not the type of people that sensationalized gossip um, not not the ones that are claiming taylor's pregnant right now or getting a mansion in england or getting married or or other things she's gonna quit doing music well we don't well know. that's well. up in the air okay yeah steve all right thank you to everybody who sent those in please keep them coming for future episodes if you're new to the show all you have to do is take the line you know your swifty when or if swifties rule the world and just finish the sentence um, you can send those to us in a million different ways, which we'll mention towards the end of the episode here. Uh, before we wrap up, though, what are Swifties listening to? Rachel emailed us and said Swifties are listening to I Got the Boy by Jana Kramer. I love this song. Diane loves this song. Why, it's Diane? Good. Speak to it. I, it's, just, it's just interesting. Because um, the song's about this girl who sees her ex in the newspaper i guess and finds out that he's married and she's like well we used to we used to be together in high school but now he's grown up and now he has this wife and it's just different so she's saying that she got the boy when he was younger and little known fact jamie lynn spears wrote this song huh yep. are little, you sure little known fact weird you can google it right now to fact check why, why do you think that's weird um I never saw Jamie Lynn Spears as talented. That's rude. <laughs> oh, you just, you just, you want to anger people? You want to anger Taylor, our good friend from Australia? She's going to send you like, <sighs> she's going to throw pitchforks at you. Oh, she's not even listening, I bet. I bet you she I is going to listen. I bet she is. She's I, not bet, gonna I bet not. She's going to be told about this. No, don't tell her. She give loves it, Jamie give it like a, Give it like a week and see if she actually listened to the episode. Don't say anything to her yet. In, in all seriousness, Adam, Jamie Lynn actually spends a lot of time in Nashville, you know, working on a lot of country music and everything like that. So she is trying to have a career. So we'll see how that Fascinating. goes. <laughs> um, Diane, can you tell us what's coming up on Taylor's calendar? Yes. Well, October 12th, the 1989 World Tour is going to Fargo, North Dakota. And then on October 17th, it will be in Dallas, Texas at the AT&T Stadium, which is Cowboy Stadium, right? That's a huge That's the big one. So I'm sure the entire state of Texas will be there. (laughs) Um, On October 20th, the 1989 Tour is going to Lexington, Kentucky. And then on October 21st, Greensboro, North Carolina – and then on October 24th, it'll be in Atlanta, Georgia. All right. Thank you, Diane. So those are the upcoming dates on the 1989 tour, which is going to be wrapping up soon in the U.S. and carrying on to other places of the world. I feel like it just started. I feel like the whole 1989 era just started. Yeah, kind of. Kind of feels that way, doesn't it? Yeah. All right, before we sign off for good, one quick shout out to Emily with about 20 exclamation points after her name. Um, who left us a five-star review on iTunes. Thank you, Emily. 
um, headline was Slay Me, Rest in Peace Me, I Died Dead. Nice. Um, I don't no know how one can die dead, but... ever said that about us <laughs> before, and I'm oddly flattered. <laughs> well, Emily was very excited and said, You guys helped me better understand Taylor's music, which is a great thing, since she's all I ever listened to. Love y'all. Keep slang. With a little heart emoji. So, so nice. Thank nice. you, Emily. Thank you. Thank you, Emily. Um, just a reminder, guys, um, if you do leave us a review on iTunes, you will, of course, get a shout-out right here on the show and a special thank you. Please be sure to let us know how we're doing in those reviews, what you like, what you don't like, what could be improved upon. Um, give an honest review. Let us know how we're doing. A uh, quick shortcut to that page is taylortalk.org slash iTunes. That'll take you straight to our iTunes page where you can do that. Um, on another note, if you are from outside of the U.S., we cannot see your review, so you'll have to email those to us if you have a moment. Like, take a screenshot of it and email it if you want a shout-out on a future episode. That way we don't miss out on giving you a special shout-out. Um, thank you to everyone who has already left a review. Appreciate it. If you guys do want to reach out to us and contact us, the page that has all of our contact methods is taylortalk.org slash contact. The most popular ways of contacting us, of course, include email, podcast at taylortalk.org, or Twitter at taylortalk13. Those are kind of the two big ones, big ways people reach out to us. So, uh, Can't wait to hear from you guys. I think that's about it. Yeah. I think my spiel's done. Yeah, cool. your spiel's over. It's it's done. Time to end the episode. Okay. For episode 194 of Taylor Talk, the Taylor Swift podcast, this has been Adam. Diane. And Steve. Saying have a great couple weeks, guys. We'll see you all next time. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. The end. <laughs> this podcast is not directly affiliated with Taylor Swift.